Hey everybody, it is your host at Mr. Adam X, and this is the Pursuit Podcast on the Out of Bounds Collective. Last week was wild. I hope all of you guys listened. John Croom show, deep cuts. We're getting really serious on the network. Uh, amazing stuff. I mean, that guy is tackling stuff that, you know, real, real topics. So if you haven't listened to John's podcast, please listen to it. And then we have Big Stick Energy. Everyone's talking about Big Stick Energy. It's one of those things that I... It started as a joke. Yeah, big stick energy. But they're using, the girls are using it for a platform to to show, like, hey, give us the equipment, give us the gear, and these girls can rip just like you and me. They rip harder than me. Who am I kidding? I can't, I can't rip like them, and I never will. But the point is, big stick energy is a badass podcast, and they're highlighting things that need to be spoken about. So please check those out. Then, of course, you have The Pursuit, which is my show. If you're listening, I appreciate you. Continue listening. Like, share, review, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. And then we have Jabber, the OG, the mastermind behind all of this. I don't know. Now he's just obsessed with eBay, selling hats. He's killing it. Um, I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? You want to talk about me for a minute? I don't want to talk about me. I got really into mountain biking in the last month. So that's awesome, but also terrible because now I don't want ski season to happen yet. Uh, I just ordered a new bike, which means I'm getting a new bike, which means I'm really excited, but also means we have to wait. I have to wait. I have to wait, and I'm getting a new bike, and it's going to be rad. Uh, The really rad part is that that company is jumping on to sponsor a couple episodes. So I will have a new episode sponsor soon. With that bike, I'm trying to wait till I get the bike and get some cyclists to kind of release it all at once. Uh, but that's what's going on in my life. Things are good. Work is busy for me right now. I hope everyone's doing all right. I hope everyone's enjoying September. It's my favorite month by far. I don't know. I think the world's okay right now. It's a mess, but I think we're okay. And I think we should continue to be okay, and it's okay to be okay. Anyway, long intro, I apologize. My guest this week is Kara Anderson, which might not ring a bell to anybody, but her Instagram handle is at the dot caravan. And it's a pun, and I love puns. Kara's amazing. She lives in a van full time. We met via Instagram three, four years ago, and I thought this girl was nuts. I didn't think she would pull it off. And here we are multiple years later, and she's killing it. She's in a van. She's a web designer, she's an adventurer, she's a climber, she lives with her dog Rocco in the van. We talk all things van life, so if you're interested in van life, want to get into van life, want to know the hardships of, of van life, uh, we, we tackle them all. From my views to her views, to a female in the van versus a man in the van, which is totally different things, although it shouldn't be. Uh, it was a really fun episode, we had a good time, so without further ado... Kara Anderson at the caravan. I just had a salon day. Good for you. And by salon day, I mean there was a Planet Fitness um, on the road where I was going. So my salon days consist of taking a shower. (laughs) How was that? Magical? (laughs) Oh, it was magical. Do you Um, have a shower? 
I don't. So I don't have a bathroom or a shower. Um, and so far it's, it's served me well, um, between actually canceled my gym membership when, um, Oh, the, the tow trucks here for the, uh, van. That's exciting. Um, I actually my gym membership when the showers were closed during COVID and just used my solar shower. It's like one of those five gallon bags that you hang up, um, or just sit on the ground in the sun and man, those things heat up quick. So if there's, if it's full sun, so it gets up to like 120 degrees if you leave it all out all day. So that served me well. And then, um, I actually took a shower at a stranger's house the other day. This nice lady met me in the parking lot and used to live in a van and she wanted to pay it forward. So she offered a shower and laundry, which was really cool. Um, I have caved and gotten hotels before taking a shower there. And uh, sometimes I just don't take a shower <laughs> or jump in, in Idaho. There's thousands and thousands of lakes, just jumping in a lake and just like, you know, scratching your, your hair out and your armpits. That's, that's the really, uh, sometimes that's enough. I got one yeah, of those no. Nemo showers, like the, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a, it's basically a solar shower, but it, it has a foot pump that you build pressure with. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. I saw somebody with one of those yesterday and his was crazy. It, was, it had like a propane hookup so you could. Oh, I don't have all um, that. I don't have that madness. It, oh yeah. It was wild. But uh, those are, I just got mine cause it was like 30 bucks and I knew that I was going to be using it only sparingly when there was no other option. So, I and plus it, it folds up into like a little, like the size of a roll of paper towels. So I didn't want one of those, the Nemo ones, but they're, they're awesome. So. The Nemo one folds up small. Like this isn't a paid advertisement. This is like, I'm just very, it's expensive. It was like a hundred and something bucks, but I'm thoroughly impressed with it. It holds five gallons of water. It folds up to like a four inch dish. Oh, no way. I thought they were like rigid, containers no. that were for pain tank oh cool it's basically a shower bag like what you have but it's more of a cylinder and it just has a foot pump on it that you just step on it looks like a whoopee cushion that you step on so it builds pressure so you don't have to hang it oh, okay yeah the hanging thing can be a pain when it's full um i usually just hang it as high as i can standing and then just kind of like squat down actually funny story about the solar shower the other day um it had been super hot and sunny in idaho for just days on end it was actually quite nice weather um but i just kept putting off a shower putting off the shower because it goes in uh, stanley which is quite remote when it comes to having you know like mainstream gyms the showers so <clears throat> finally bite the bullet filled it up it was it was warm enough go into the woods there's like a perfect spot where no one can see me um, hang it up. There's like a little like nub on the tree that I hang it on. It was perfect. And then I literally pull the little spout to start the water flow and it starts hailing like <laughs> grape to not quite golf ball, but like large grape size hail. And I brought the dog down there, my I have dog Rocco to hang out with me. Cause you know, he just likes sitting there with me and he's getting like pelted by hail and I'm like all soapy and trying to like help him and like comfort him. And then as soon as I'm finished with my, you know, four minute shower, just, just need a four minute window. Um, it's, I push the thing to turn the water off and the hail stops. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Great <laughs> timing. This is classic, uh, you know, road life situation. So. 
we've been chatting for a minute and I've been recording for a minute, but let's just backtrack a little bit so people know who you are. Yeah, yeah, we're just launching into the first one. <laughs> we're the just, road. the intro is pure shower talk. Uh, tell everyone kind of who you are, what you do for a living, and what kind of why you're on here, what led you to van life. Yeah, um, my name's Kara, and I am from Baltimore, Maryland, where I spent most of my adult life, originally from upstate New York, actually. But I lived in Baltimore for seven years and really uh, realized how much I enjoy the outdoors and hiking, climbing, um, the mountains. And there's just not that in the Baltimore area. Um, you might get some in Western Maryland, but I just kind of realized it wasn't my place. Um, and my friend, I'll give her a shout out. My friend Catherine took me to the rock climbing gym and there I met a bunch of people who either lived in vans part-time or full-time. And uh, I really developed a love for climbing there and realized that I could, you know, do this, do my job remotely um, and go travel and, you know, get out of this area that isn't really for me and explore the West. Because I felt like I was always shoving my vacations out West into these, you know, two, three-week sad uh, periods of time that Americans get for vacation. Um, and I'm a web designer and developer. So that's, you know, obviously a job that I can do remotely. And, um, I just went for it. I bought a van one day, brought it home empty. It was like the wildest feeling driving that home. It's like, wow, I've really, really jumped on this quickly. So, um, I just began building it out with still with a full-time job. Um, I was working at Stanley Black and Becker, a tool company. So that was quite helpful to uh, get free tool rentals as an employee and uh, take them home, build the van. Ended up taking me seven months with a full-time job, though. So I think it would have taken me, you know, probably half that much if I had uh, gone, you know, balls to the wall with no job. And eventually in, let's see, it was January of 2019 i finished the van i was living in it unfinished since october of 2018 so that was interesting but um i finally took off in january and now i am almost hitting the three-year mark of living in here so that's kind of cool to say out loud i hadn't really realized it had been that long so here i am <laughs> did you have any prior experience in building anything let alone something you were going to live in? Um, so let's see. I think the most intense uh, job I've done, I guess you call it project I've done, was refinishing cabinets in my kitchen um, and just doing some, you know, odds and ends handiwork around the house that I had bought in Baltimore. And my dad is a contractor, so I kind of, growing up, was always hanging out around him in his shop. He does a lot of cabinet making and woodworking. He carves decoy ducks, um, does a lot of wood carving. So I was like always around these tools and, you know, kind of grew up with that. So I feel like that being in me helped a lot and gave me that like sort of mindset and, you know, drive to, to build things. Um, so I think that combined with, you know, YouTube university, like every other person who's building a fan is, is what did it for me. So, um, it's, it's really empowering though. Like I didn't know 
one thing I didn't know anything about was plumbing or electrical. So hours and hours of research on the internet there is what allowed me to build out my electrical system and plumbing. Um, that was, the electrical was pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. What was the hardest part of building a van for you? Was it, would it be electrical? Um, yeah, I think electrical from like a, a mental standpoint, you know, like understanding the concepts of circuits and, you know, doing all the calculations about how many amp hours you're going to need. Like it was really mentally taxing and frustrating at times, but once you had that plan, like actually putting it in was quite easy. Um, most of the time <laughs> running wire bases, maybe not so much, but most of the time went pretty quickly. Um, but then the opposite where it's not mentally taxing, but more physically taxing was doing things like putting the ceiling in, um, a lot of the time I was building it by myself. I'd say like 90% of the time it was just me in there. So I was like holding up boards on the ceiling and trying to like find a way to hold them up without having to just stand there with my hands over my head. Um, that was probably the hardest part. Oh, the, the, this might lead to a good story. So I have a roof rack on my van, um, which weighs total with all the deck boards on it and all the fasteners complete it weighs about 300 pounds i think it was like 290 something when i calculated it and i built this rack um not already attached to the roof so it was kind of leaning against my house uh on the roof the van was parked next to the house and i was securing the boards like up there and um my neighbors weren't home because he would sometimes come over and help me with stuff that i needed assistance with but i wanted to put that damn roof rack on so bad because i had just finished it and it just took me forever to put all the deck boards on with these like pipe straps and just all this detailed stuff you're just like ready to be done with so i wanted that damn roof rack on and i'm like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it myself so i like, got this like ladder out it was on uneven ground uh, thinking back it was probably i mean definitely not a good idea but i'm trying to like get this leaning roof rack straight onto my van and you can't stand on the roof because the rack goes there so i'm like inching it down and i have like couch cushions underneath so it doesn't like you know slip and fall and like dent the roof and i'm just like removing one couch cushion at a time so it, like slowly comes down and then uh, it started like teetering i had like a chair up there like trying to support one part of it, it was a disaster and luckily i did not hurt myself i did not puncture the van and I got the roof rack on at the end of the day. So I'm very impatient. I don't know if you can tell, but that's I, pretty impressive. I've put multiple roof racks on vans and never by myself. Yeah, that's probably a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, beware. Do not try putting a roof rack on at home. <laughs> so you, you owned a house. I didn't real. I guess I didn't realize that. Yes. Um, I, I own two houses in Baltimore. I have a row home in the city and um, a sort of, I guess, larger townhome style um, in Baltimore County. So I rented both of those out. I'm currently trying to sell one of them, um, but it's nice to have uh, the extra rental income, although most of it goes, you know, in a savings account in case something were to happen because they're both kind of old houses. Um, so it's not too much, but it's nice little extra boost to have that, that extra income. Did you think you'd be in a van for three years at this point? 
Like, did this uh, start as an experiment to just be like, I want to go for six months and like go climbing? Cause you do a lot of climbing. That's like your thing, right? I do. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm actually taking a little hiatus right now. Um, and just focusing more on exploring, uh, and hiking and getting to know, you know, these towns and cool places and about to cross over into Wyoming tomorrow. Um, so I'm taking a little hiatus from climbing, but yes, uh, that was like one of the top things that I really wanted to do was check out all these cool places out West. Uh, cause the climbing in the mid Atlantic area is let's just say, uh, marginal. <laughs> it's good when you're learning how to climb outside, but, uh, it's it's not it's a lot of loose rock and there's some good areas like uh, in West Virginia and, and New York but um other than that it's it's just marginal but yes that was my main goal to get out there and check out all those climbing spots um and I really honestly just didn't even have a timeline um I was so into this van build and uh like figuring out how I was going to make it work with a job and you know my two houses what I was going to do with those I just kind of didn't have room in my head to plan like oh I want to do this for a year I just was like well when I don't like it anymore or if I don't like it anymore I'll just find a town or city or whatever that I like and uh if I continue or if I start hating van life then I'll just rent a place there and see how it goes or I could always go back to Baltimore. I don't think that's going to happen though. <laughs> and, uh, you know, live in one of my houses again. So does that terrify you? Cause I just imagine like, I get it for the most part. I don't think my listeners get it. I think they want that. And maybe I'm speaking for all of them and they can be mad at me in my DMS later. But I think, ah! I think Wait, uh, referring what to you I think people want that freedom. And then when they have it, they don't know what to do. And it, like, I think freedom terrifies people. They love the idea of it. But it should, I mean, and we're not going to talk COVID in this podcast because we talk COVID on everything in our lives. But like when people got shut down for three weeks, people were like bored. And I was like, you have three weeks to do anything you want. And I feel like when you live in a van and you live a nomadic lifestyle, yes, you still work. We still have to make money. We still have to live. But you have so much more freedom. And I think that terrifies people. So were you scared when you started that, like, not that you'd be bored, but, like, what would you um, do? I'm trying to think because it was actually hard. Like, when I first was finishing the build and getting on the road, it was, like, hard to have a capacity to, like, the sounds kind of weird but to feel things like fear because i was just so wrapped up in figuring out like, so when i went on the road i was moving out of my house donating everything or throwing it away um tenants were moving into my house i had a trip planned to greece with my friend and i was finishing the van um and starting my new job i don't know if i just said that but that was all in like literally a two-week period it was and it was <laughs> the day i put everything in the van it was pouring rain it was like straight out of a movie or reality tv show um so like in that period i didn't like feel that like fear like oh my god because i was just so wrapped up now it was more of kind of like stress and adrenaline i guess but um yeah once i got on the road there was i mean there's some bit of fear i never felt like terrified or like 
paralyzed or sitting there, you know, with your mind racing, like, oh my God, you know, what, if, what am I going to do? What if it just doesn't work out? And I think I never got to that point because I think it a lot had to do with the road life. I don't want to say van life because everyone's not in a van. They're in trucks and RVs too. But the road life community is like so supportive. And I had already talked to people um, who were living in vans and I would like, you know, new people from the climbing gym, like I said. So I saw it firsthand. I think that really helped calm those fears I might have had versus if I didn't know anybody. Like, I got to hand it to the people who did this road life before it was, you know, popular and before Instagram and social media. Like, <laughs> and they didn't have these apps to find camping spots. Like, hats off to them because they didn't have that, like, comfort or that to fall back on that technology that helps you you know, feel like you have community on the road. So does that kind of answer your question? I think so. I just, yeah, I think it's changed. I think the, it's still unknown because you're, you're moving your entire life and getting rid of things and putting them all in a van and going. But because we have this giant network called the internet, it's a, it's a, you can find that community no matter what. It's not like we're in the sixties driving Volkswagen buses around and like just parking wherever it's totally different now. in terms of that they could probably get away with parking and camping in places that we definitely can't but there's that trade-off for sure do you ever have a hard time finding parking spots like where do you stay um no not really so i use iOverlander um most almost exclusively and a couple other apps to find camp spots um and that has really i mean that was a game changer <clears throat> once i found out about that app it just has a lot of you know user generated content and by that i mean other people who are are camping they're commenting about the spots they're writing down like oh this has good service um or it doesn't have any service so that's like super nice to fall back on. And sometimes I'll use that as like a rough guide, like, oh, here's an area where there's some documented campsites. And then I'll, and I know it's on a forest road and it's in a national forest. So camping is allowed. So, and then I'll just kind of go off and explore once I get to that general area. Um, it's really helpful if you do have to stay in a city somewhere. So you don't get when cops in the middle of the night, which has only happened to me once. And it was, I was legally camping legal not illegally and uh actually slept through the knock i was with my friends who lived in an ambulance and um i put white noise on and everything so i just must not have heard it but um they woke up to the knock and talked to the cop and he was just checking on us because someone had said there were like overnight out-of-state plates or vans with out-of-state plates parked and they wanted to make sure, I just think it was someone who hadn't heard of van life, so they didn't think people were sleeping in there. They thought that they were, like, hikers who never came back. So the cop had to respond to the, the call, obviously. And <laughs> she said they, like, knocked on the door, and um, she woke up. And he's like, all right, well, you can go back to bed now. <laughs> like, I just had to respond to the call. So <laughs> pretty fine. Do you ever um, find it terrifying? being on the road as a female? I wouldn't say terrifying. Um, I'd say you just have to take extra precautions, be extra aware 
in terms of, oh, um, can I get out of here easily if something, some creep, you know, came up to me or whatever, which has never happened. Um, you know, like, is it easy for me to get out of this campsite? Um, sorry, there's, there's some great drama going on. Speaking of camping, there's, um, another pro master van. I have a pro master and, um, they're, they were here for a couple of days and, um, they still have the, the stock tires on their car and they're, I think they're a little bald. I saw them. Yikes. And, uh, they decided to leave this really muddy campsite. It's like raining so hard right now. And, uh, did not make it out. <laughs> we we're doing all sorts of interesting things this morning, trying to um, get some leverage under their tires. They're pretty sunken. So the uh, tow truck is here and it is just a four wheel drive truck. And it does not look like uh, they're going to be able to get them out either, which is, I've never seen that before. <laughs> Usually the tow truck shows up and they, they just get them out immediately. So I'm, I'm listening and chatting, but I'm also like, trying to witness this this drama over here (laughs) this is like the perfect answer of people like what do you how do you entertain yourself like i look out the window at people being stuck yes um also (laughs) large rvs going down roads that they shouldn't or uh rental people driving rental camper vans or rvs um and who aren't familiar with you know what conditions you should should or shouldn't drive your rig down on roads it's pretty entertaining I mean, usually they're like already on the road, so you know I'm not it's trying to be like, mean, like laughing at them, but they're already there, so it's like, what else? Like, you know, I can't warn them or help them at that point. You know, if they're gonna get stuck, I'll, I'll obviously help them, but it's just kind of funny to watch and see if they like try to go for it or or not. So um, this is oh man, they're gonna dig it out. Wow. But anyway, um, as a female, yeah, you just have to take, just be extra aware. Um, a lot of t- most of the time, I feel like I shouldn't say this, but most of the time people assume that I have a partner in here um, with me. And well, I do actually, I have Rocco, my pit bull. So he's kind of intimidating looking. So when he's sitting in the front seat, um, he's the friendliest, friendliest dog. Um, if you have good intentions, but he's really good at sensing if something's off and he will um, bark and growl. But most people are cool, so he's usually very friendly, but he's a great, uh, I guess, security system. So, <laughs> Yeah, how's traveling with he's a good. dog? Because there's not a lot of space in there. Like, it's tight. Uh, yeah, so he, uh, I was very aware of that when I was building the van because I didn't want to be tripping over him and, you know, him feeling like he didn't have his little space because he loves to burrow. He likes he likes being in small spaces. Um so I built him, I know there's no video, but um, I'm sitting at like this little booth and table I have and I made under the table his little cubby. So it's like a perfect like four by four space probably. And he's um he's a 65 pound dog, but that 65 pounds is compacted into like a lot of muscle. So he's he's not like a huge dog. He's, he's kind of stout and, and smaller. Um, so he fits perfectly under there and he's, um, currently in his little fleece jacket and under his fleece blanket, just enjoying himself in this 50 degree weather today. So, um, it's not too bad. The only thing is when it gets too hot, um, I try to chase like, uh, 60, 70 degree weather, but sometimes you're just stuck in a spot when the heat wave comes through, like, um, the other day at Craters of the Moon National Monument. It was 
Wow, I haven't talked this much in a long time, so pardon me. <laughs> I'm going to grab some water. That's another funny thing about van life. Um, when you, like, been off grid for a while and uh, haven't interacted with people for, like, a week or two, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, you start talking to someone who pulls up to your campsite and you're, like, not used to it or have to jump on a work call because I'm really on work calls. It's all, like, emails and, and chats. Um so it just really catches you off guard sometimes. And you're like, wow, I'm not used to talking this much. This is perfect. <laughs> anyway, um, brain fart, what were we just talking about? Uh, chasing warm weather versus cold weather oh, and Rocco. Duh. Right, right, right. So Craters of the Moon, it was <clears throat> 92 degrees. And I can't take him with me around there because it's a national monument. Can't take their dog in national parks or monuments or any national whatevers. Um, so I was just hanging out in the van. Um, it was smoky as hell too, 90 some degrees. There were like flies everywhere. Um, turns out the campsite that I pulled up to, I didn't realize till later, had a half rotten deer carcass sitting there like 30 feet from where I was parked. And I was already, like, settled in with all my, like, coffee stuff out and, like, the window shades on in the driver's seat and all. And I <clears throat> didn't feel like packing off and finding another one. So there we are, 90 <laughs> degrees, um, just chilling in the van, you know, trying to wait it out. But um, there are, that being said, there are tons of things I can do to make it bearable. Like, I have one of those uh, Max Air ceiling vent fans. And when you put that on 100% power, like... I think somebody called it ludicrous mode, which I thought was hilarious. Um, you put that on 100% with my two side uh, vent windows and the back door cracked. If you can do that, it's like a wind tunnel in here. So it's super easy to get air circulation. Um, and I also have a cooling bed for Rocco and a little 12 volt, volt like oscillating fan, like a little mini guy. Um, so I put that on the floor and he's, he's on the floor, which is like the coolest part of the van. So he's, um, he's pretty comfortable most of the time. And I would never leave him in temperatures like that. Um, but, and then the window shades too, they're reflectix on the back that really helps so much when it's like just beating down sun and there's no shade. Um, it just like pushes that heat like right back out the window. So lots of things you can do to keep cool in a van. Um, do you have the, heat in the, the van? Thing is, I do. I have a small propane heater, um, but it. I rarely use that, honestly. I mean, I should run it just to, you know, you're supposed to start a car if it's sitting there for months. I should probably just run it to, to keep it, you know, maintained. But um, I rarely use it. It's even when it's in the 30s and 40s at night in here, those window shades in, I put a ton of insulation in here. Like, I think that's one of the best jobs I did in here was the insulation. Oh, they got the van out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. Um, I did really well with insulation. So even at night in those temperatures, the body heat from myself and Rocco is just more than enough to keep it warm in here. And he's got a little fleece jacket I put on and um, I've got a really thick comforter. So it's um the, the warm weather or the hot weather is more of a concern than, than cold weather. I had a list of questions, but I, I don't know where they are anymore. So we're just going off the top of my head. 
No, let's how, just keep shooting the shit and, and chatting. How long do you normally? Uh, to, while we're talking, I'll, what's that? I was gonna say while we're talking, I'll, I'll drum up some the good stories in the back of my head. Oh, it's and, all good. Uh, You're doing shoot great. Shoot them out when I. You're doing great. <laughs> how long do you? Because like when I'm in the van, and like I spend seventy percent of my my year in the van, and I travel a lot for work via hotels, but where do you stay and how long do you normally stay like where you are? Cause when I travel in the van, I'm chasing snow. So like mm-hmm. I stay in the van for like, I'll go to different ski resorts and that's what I'm chasing. But you, you don't have like a, I mean, you're, you're a climber and like I've an been hiking more, but yeah, like I'm chasing snow. Yeah. So like, do you, what's the longest you've stayed somewhere? Do you stay somewhere for like three months and just live there? Or like, how do you, manage that yeah, or decide has it's run the gamut yeah you have a i really um am interested to hear i'll have to listen to some of your podcasts um with the skiers who do what you do and chase the snow because that's like almost a completely different lifestyle because you're not like you know van doors open chilling at a campsite when you're you know bathing suit like <laughs> it's totally different so um i was looking at some of your past episodes and I was actually like, oh, man, I'm not a, a mountain biker or a skier. Am I allowed to be on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, but that's why it's fun because um, I think – and we talked I'm about it. You. We talked about it a little bit prior to recording. But, like, you're a super normal human with a really, like, normal desk job. And I mean that I'm in the offended. best way. Don't call me normal. No, I mean that in the best way. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, like – Sure, a pro skier can like do this, or a pro mountain biker can pull this off. But I think your story is so interesting because you're like the rest of us who have normal jobs. You have like a nine to five, and you can make it work. And like you don't have a bathroom or a shower. And we talked about it. But like mm-hmm. you're a tax paying citizen who like doesn't make their living Whoa. by having fun. Well, we all pay tax and quote unquote yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but that's why that's um, why you're on here because you're yeah, no, I get what you're, saying. you're totally yeah. relatable stream like career yeah um but to answer your question um i so yeah it's run the gamut with staying in certain places um so the longest i had stayed was during the initial covid outbreak and lockdown and all that um i was in joshua tree yes when it initially started you know just going nuts so it was a weird place i was on um blm land but it it bordered private property where this guy just owned this huge expanse of land outside of joshua tree and he didn't he let people uh, stay there and he knew they were staying there he's totally fine with it. I think he did a lot of um or he used to live on the road too so he let people stay there and I think I was actually on the private property side so I was concerned about them shutting down public land for camping um with uh, road life people are in a real interesting situation when some places like campgrounds started getting shut down yeah I got like, kicked out go? of I got kicked out of BLM in uh Moab when it happened he oh, came yeah, up Moab and he was, was like, a really sensitive area, like, yeah. You cannot stay here. And I was like, I don't have anywhere to go. Like, I'm nowhere close to, like, home, quote-unquote, like Buffalo, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can't stay here. And I was like, okay. He was really cool. He was like, I'm coming back in 
I'll be back tomorrow. Like, just be moving. You know, like he wasn't like leave now. He was like, hey, everyone from San Francisco is driving here. You know, you can't be here. Because then people would flock in who did have homes to get out of the, you know, lockdown situation and get out in nature. And I totally understand that. But it was just a weird situation because nobody's, you know, gone through this before. Um, Like, it was just really strange. So I luckily... They didn't, the BLM in jo- outside of Joshua Tree is not like really patrolled much. So I didn't have a problem there. And I think I was on the, the private property. So if it did, did shut down, the, thank goodness for this generous man. Um, it was just really nice of him to let people stay there. So I was fine. Um, and it was such an easy place to, to quarantine. Like, yeah, I would stay out there. I can probably last if I really wanted to in here. And I had like, a couple of my six gallon jugs filled up with water. Cause water is the main thing that drives me back into town. Um, I could probably last for like a month if I really had to. So probably with no showers, obviously, cause that would use so much water, but um, yeah, it was, it was weird. But going back to your question. Yes. Yeah, so that's the longest I've ever stayed somewhere besides um, Bend, Oregon, which is <laughs> classic place for van life people to, to flock to, but it's easy to, camp there in the snow parks uh, in the off season they open them to camping which is so nice that the forest service does that and um it's great that for the most part people who camp there in the summer keep them clean um there's like never any trash around the one i stay at so love bend um but usually i'm like i was just in the sawtooth and i stayed for like 10 days um did some hikes and a lot of things drive you out of a place like the weather um smoke has been weird the last two years i feel like the first year i didn't deal with it much last year and this year like the smoke has really like determined where i go and then sometimes you just get that feeling like okay i've (laughs) I've been here like long enough and you just like need a change of scenery because it gets gets to be uh, you kind of get like cabin fever if you're in like one camp spot for a long time so do you feel like you're always on the move or do you feel like you are you have a sense of home with the van. I think I found a good balance. Um, I when I first started, I was it's like a classic thing that a lot of people do when they start out. They're like, I gotta go here and here, and then I'm gonna go to this van life gathering. And on the way, there's like 16 stops I'm gonna make, and I'm gonna do it all in like 10 days. And you know, it's only like an actual eight-hour drive here, but you like things you have to stop and have like a day to work and a day to go do laundry and it ends up taking so much longer than you think. Um, like laundry, grocery shopping, water filling and all that stuff. Um, well, I think that goes go. back to you not being on vacation too. Like yeah, that's, this is your life. So it's not, it's different when you like, if someone rents a van and they have 10 days to like pack it all in, but yeah, you're yeah. Like, which to- totally makes sense because you're, if you're on vacation, you're not working. You have like all your time dedicated to, you know, recreating and doing what you want. So, yeah, that's a totally different story. But, yeah, when you're living in here and um, oh, yeah, just to clarify, I actually only work part time. So I work about 20 hours a week. Um, so that's hats off to these people who live in vans and work an actual nine to five. I met a gal who. Uh, 
primarily was on the West Coast. Her office was on the East Coast, so she had to work on East Coast time. And she had to be, like, online the whole time, like, 9 to 5, so 6 to 2. Um, yeah, no thanks. And I was like, yeah, five days a week. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, if that works for you, like, that's amazing. Like, I can do that. I would lose my mind. But, um, if I mean, I didn't talk to her too much, but if she really loves her job, like, I'm sure she you know, makes it work and, and enjoys it. But, um, that's, that's a lot right there. Yeah. But you can also, you live a lifestyle that you can afford to work 20 hours a week. Like it's cheaper. um, It's just, it's cheaper overall. Like even with driving around your van payment, it's cheaper than renting an apartment or living in a house. For sure. Um, I think a lot of, there is a lot of misconception around, the cost of van life they, people think you're it's like free um but hold on i'm gonna say bye to these people that Go i ahead. met um they finally got their van out okay yay they got it out yeah i heard, um, I heard everything that's great oh you did okay good. <laughs> um that's awesome all the tow companies are busy man that would suck if you didn't have a friend I had a call for a anyway. tow this year. It wasn't bad. It cost me like yeah. 150 bucks. Now, did they have to tow you because your van was broken out or just pull you out because you got stuck? Somewhere? No, I got stuck. It, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't It was my fault. <laughs> I'm sticking to that. <laughs> I, parked at like a, I parked at a trailhead uh, to go skiing, and then someone in a four-wheel drive truck, I like parked the long way, kind of like a jerk, but so I knew I could get out. I mean, yeah. That and then a four-wheel drive parked in front of me and behind me. Ooh. Which, like, if it was dry pavement, I would have been able to, like, maneuver out. Mm-hmm. But it was snowy and, like, kind of on a hill. So I, like, tried to get myself out when I should have just been patient and just waited. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I, like, shifted towards, like, this ravine. And I was like, I'm stuck. Like, I can't. But had I just wait and waited for that guy in front of me to leave, I would have been able to just pull down the hill. So it was kind of my fault, but um, whatever. But, yeah, a lot of it I feel like is patience. Like, I don't want to get in the situation that these people were in, so I'm going to just wait um, until it dries up a little bit and uh, take it very, very uh, easy if I even start spinning wheels i'm just going to stop because once you start then you just dig yourself into this rut yeah you should have got that driver's um, number oh yeah (laughs) i would feel bad i don't want him to start you know by coming up here he's like soliciting himself to like help other people no Um, no, i think i'll be okay they were like a little bit further down where they had to go uphill to get out Oh, okay. and i don't have any uphill it's all downhill so um i should be good but it's just like that weird mud that's like really slick and just can easily just start you know you can start sinking in it so yeah i'm gonna wait out the rain gonna be fine you gotta have good tires i tell everyone that with a van i was Mm -hmm. like get good tires like you just put fifteen thousand dollars into a van (laughs) and now you're gonna like not spend 800 on tires yes um i got some well they're all terrains so they're not like technically off-road i guess but they're really chunky tires and they have gotten me haven't really been in mud with them but they've gotten me out of like loose gravel um very well compared to the stock tires and the pro master are 
like horrible. the worst. Which I think we sense, talked cause... about it in like DMs. I was like, get rid of them. They're garbage. Mm-hmm. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, we did. I was like, trust me. Yeah. I got like some Cooper AT whatever. Um, they're kind of like the BF Goodrich ones that everyone has, whatever right. they're called. But um, they were out of stock, so these are great. And yeah, I agree with you. If you're gonna do one thing to your van, like just like on the outside get good tires immediately is there anything on your van build that you wish you did or didn't do um the bed being up high so my bike fits inside the van under the bed from the back um it's kind of sucks that i don't have a lot of headroom up there can you sit up kind of sit up in bed yeah but like if i like sat cross-legged and strained my spine like like perfect posture i'd like brush my head a little bit so i kind of wish i wouldn't want to put the bike on the outside though because that would always concern me about it getting stolen um so maybe i'd find a way to like lay the bike down in the back um i don't know but with the tire off you still need 36 inches under the bed to fit it in there so i don't know that's something that i debate about but uh anything else um I don't know, those diesel heaters underneath the passenger seat are pretty sweet for heating, but I, like I said, I don't use the heater too much, so that's, like, not too big of a deal. Um, I, oh, yes. Two fans on the roof. I wish I had put two... Really? Um, air fans. People say that that makes such a difference with keeping it cool in the air circulation. I just... Or at least if I hadn't done that, um, have some more air circulation in the back of the van because on the bed when it's hot if i can't open the back doors then it gets pretty stuffy up there so like i could still put those tiny little like vent slider windows on the sides but i'd have to cut through and make sure i'm not hitting electrical and once i'm done with the van build like i don't even want to hang a paper towel (laughs) roll holder in here like i just don't even want to pick up it's just like I have like PTSD from building the van. Yeah, it's done. Like, Once it's done, I it's just done. don't want to do any more construction. See, I'm the opposite. I'm like, yeah, oh, I built so. the van. Okay, I should probably sell this and build another one because I really enjoy the build. Yeah, that's so cool, though. Yeah. Um, it's for sale. I... It's still for sale. I finally like dropped my really? price to no like snap that up yet. I put it really high because I was like, yeah, it's for sale, but it was like not. It was just for sale for rich people, but now it's like getting into a range <laughs> where like people could buy it and afford it. Um, so yeah, some of the prices lately have been with like the COVID COVID recreational vehicle shortage have been just like madness. Well, that's why I put it up. So I just like put it up really high, but now it's like get. That's I just lowered my price again today. Uh, and it's still high, but like, I mean, it took you seven months to build a van. It's a lot of work. So I think it's priced Yours accordingly. Looks so good, too. Thank you. Um, yeah, it came out good. And I've built a couple vans for some people. I got a, a mini ProMaster to build for somebody in the next month. So I'll stay oh, busy. Wow, I didn't with realize it. you were doing builds, too. Yeah. That's cool. I try not to do them like full time, but it's definitely something I enjoy doing, but not. I don't know if I want it to be like a career. You know, it's like Yeah. It's stressful. Like it's like ling it's always like lingering. Like I can't I don't know how people do like house Especially builds. Especially if you're building it for someone else. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't know how people do like wow. house builds. Like I can't I go to sleep and I'm like thinking about what I'm gonna build tomorrow. Not in like a stressful way, just in like a like I really enjoy doing it. So I don't know. 
your mind's like the wheels are turning and that can be exhausting like when they're they're turning about like yeah. hey, well this little thing i want to fit in this little spot and you're trying to sleep yeah and just always trying to make them better because i think i think instagram roomed a lot of van life stuff and like the expectations yeah yeah and just like what works and what doesn't like the beds that move up and down i'm like yeah that's amazing but like look at every one of those videos there's no there's no comforter on the bed there's no towel or there's no like pillows there's no so i'm like yeah the bed mm -hmm. goes up and down if the bed's empty but where do you put all that stuff like i don't know like how much stuff mm -hmm. do you have in your van you have all your climbing gear you have your bicycle you have your showering gear you have your you know your skincare like everything you need is in your van so like when i'm talking to somebody about vans or like selling this van i'm like yeah my drawers are huge because storage is important and like i don't think people understand that when they're looking at instagram and like it's not practical a lot of the things you see yeah see I just, a washer and dryer under their bed and i'm like that's crazy to me say what and people were like yeah that's awesome like you know the comments like totally put that in and i'm like all right let's think about like I mean, you know what? Maybe I'm sure they have a sweet electrical setup. Like I, I can't speak about it because I haven't seen it. But um, if you're like off grid, you know that's not like practical power wise and water wise. You know, you'd have to be at a campground to do that. And if I was going to come into civilization, I'd rather just go to the laundromat and just pay ten dollars to do laundry than to like get a campsite. Yeah, or if um, I'm going to stay at a KOA for eighty bucks a night, I'll just get a hotel. Yeah, I know. It's surprising how, like, a lot of the, the campgrounds with hookups, it just blows my mind how much people pay for them. I'm like, what? You're missing the point. Not you, but they're missing the point. I don't know. Whatever. Teach their own. But, yeah, yeah, yeah so I build not, a van. They like that sort of setup. And, um, you know, maybe they're just vacationing and they want, you know, their kids to have, like, a campground. I totally get that. But, uh, it's yeah, the prices are just crazy. It's It's nuts. How long do you think you'll keep this van? I don't know. I thought about selling it because the, I mean, to be honest, like the profit you can make in this market, but the energy um, that it would take, first of all, you got to buy another van because I don't, I can't live in my houses to rent it out and nor would I want to go back to Baltimore. But um, the vans are being sold at a premium right now and lumber is just prices are skyrocketing. So you can't just like build one out as cheap as you did you know, three years ago. So there'd still be like high costs involved building another one. Um, and then, you know, I have a dog, like I could rent a place while I build it, but is it going to have a driveway? Are people going to care that I'm building it? You know, like need to find a maker space to use like a table saw, stuff like that. It's just kind of, I'm just not in a place where I wanted to do that right now, but um, I'm just going to keep this until, <laughs> even if I get a place, I would still keep it um and just take it out because you know I, I know if i settle down settle down somewhere part-time whatever i'm still gonna want to get it back out in the wilderness i just love it so much and that feeling so i would keep it for part-time trips for sure how do you entertain yourself like, do you read a lot of books do you watch a lot of netflix like what's the inside scoop from someone who's been in their van for three years um i guess if the weather's good, I really don't have to entertain myself because uh, there's just, I go to places where there's hikes I want to do, climbing I want to do. Um, I have a paddleboard. So if I don't want to do something 
super strenuous, although I was in a strenuous paddleboarding situation the other day when the wind picked up and I, I had to cross the lake to get back to the van um, against the current. And uh, if it's windy, lakes have quite the, the current. <laughs> so uh, I actually deflated the board at the other end of the lake that I coasted down with the current and then just like hiked back to the van. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, paddleboarding, hiking, climbing. Um, I do, I do some reading. Um, let's see if it's a rainy day, like today. Um, I like listening to podcasts. Uh, I'll just take time to get extra work done. If the weather's that bad, um, work keeps me pretty busy. Um, the dog always entertaining. I always joke I don't need a TV because I have a dog, whether he's, you know, whatever, acting silly outside or hanging out with me inside. Like it's usually quite entertaining. So um I do watch Netflix sometimes, not a lot though. Um sometimes I'll download movies if I'm off grid with no service for a while. Um so I can have, you know, sometimes you just want to take a load off and watch a movie so that's nice but um i i don't ever find myself bored like ever and maybe if it rains for multiple days i get antsy but i always find something to oh yeah and i forgot baking i finally got a stovetop omnia oven it's a swedish company that makes these circular ovens and it is amazing to be able to like make brownies and stuff and what, what else did i make um oh i made like a cake the other day for someone's birthday so it's really cool to be able to bake again in the van. Yeah, if anyone listening doesn't follow Kara for any other reason, follow it for her baking because she makes like gourmet meals on this like I don't know what it is. It's a stovetop <laughs> oven, is what it is. But it's at Caravan, like right? Cake pan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. The dot caravan. The dot caravan. Kara with a K. For mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't, I don't know. I assume Kara's with a K, but. Some people. Yeah, a lot of people who think it's a C or think I'm Karen or Caroline or whatever other variation. But um, yeah, I, I I frequently post some recipes and I have an instant pot too. So um, if you have a van and you want to do some more, I guess involved meals, um, the instant pot is amazing. The mini one is has like hardly any power draw. So I was kind of surprised by that. And you can make so much in there; it's amazing. What's your favorite van meal? Hmm. Um, there was one I was eating a lot frequently, and it was Thai coconut curry chicken thighs in the Instant Pot. Uh, but I actually kind of got sick of it. I hate, it's sad to say, but I ate, I was making it so much that I got sick of it. Um, I love making tacos in the van. Um, I did a pork shoulder in the Instant Pot one time. It turned out amazing and uh, just bought some tortillas. And once you get like, you make the meat or I mean, you can make veggies too if you don't eat meat. But um, once you get that big slab of meat cooked and you have that like leftovers in your Tupperware, like you have like six meals left. You can just heat that up. Tortillas, avocado, you know, salsa, cheese, sour cream, whatever. Like you just bring all that out and make them and it's it's such easy cleanup once you do that initial like cooking of the meat. So tacos are a good one too. I'm like the king of like bad one pot meals. That's my move. <laughs> like vegetables in a pot with like some Italian dressing or something. We could, we have this stuff called gazebo something. I have no idea. It's called gazebo something. It's like a Greek dressing. Mm. 
and we just call it Gazebo Boys because that's I don't know, but it's amazing. If you see, you'll see it now because I've said it. It's called Gazebo something. It's in the dressing aisle, but it's this Greek dressing. Chop up any vegetable you can find, put it in there, saute it in that stuff. Add rice and then add like any meat, and that's like my move always. Yeah, I actually know that you mentioned that I, I do, and I that's kind of a go-to as well is get the cast iron out, put the meat in there, get that cooked, and then put the veggies in. Yeah, I've done some like I did ground elk the other day. That's impressive. Um, I've made meatballs with it, and then when I'm too lazy to you know shape them and all that crap and get your hands all meaty, meat juicy, <laughs> um, I put it just in the cast iron skillet and then put a sweet potato. A chopped up sweet potato, onion, um, some spices, like using thyme. And then I drizzled some balsamic glaze. And that sounds fancy, but it's not. It's just in a bottle from Trader Joe's. Um, drizzled some balsamic glaze on it. And that was amazing. So, yeah, the the one skillet meals, if you don't want, like, dish duty, especially with the cast iron, because you don't, or I don't wash that. Um, I just scrape it out. Is like, amazing. You just have a fork. And sometimes they'll eat right out of the cast iron. So, do you have any tricks for not smelling? <laughs> oh, man. I um, wish people could have seen her face when I asked this question. <laughs> well, I've just been, that's been a, a hot topic, hot topic, no pun intended lately, because it's been 90 degrees and sometimes I can, I can smell myself. Um, so to take a step back a little bit, so I, I know like that's a huge topic of people who don't live in vans. Like I always get like when I tell them that I'm in the bathroom, I get like a gasp, clutch your pearls. <gasps> How do you shower? And I get that. Like people just don't understand. Um, and it makes total sense. But um, your body actually gets used to like adapts to you not showering um, a lot or like every day, like I used to in a house. And it like adapts and you just kind of don't really smell as much i stopped using deodorant because it just gets in the armpits of your clothes and uh either ruins them or your your shirt's like immediately dirty because of the deodorant residue in the armpits so i stopped using deodorant um i do have a stick in the fridge for occasions where it's like really hot and i'm i don't know going to meet somebody or something and i just like want to make sure that i don't smell like bo but um if i'm not in 90 degrees from like 80 degrees or below like i generally don't think i smell i know they say that you can't smell yourself but and maybe people are just being polite when i like joke i'm like oh sorry i smell and they're like no you don't so maybe i do but um i noticed from when i first moved in the van and didn't shower every day i really did smell myself a lot but then like a few months in like maybe like three months in like i stopped smelling that so but um, anyway, to answer your specific question, I have baby wipes with lavender essential oil in them, I think. They're like seventh generation brand or something. Um, so just do a quick armpit wipe if you're walking into public and don't want to you know, be mean to people and make them smell you. Um, baby wipe, yeah, baby wipe showers are talked about a lot, but I found that a better alternative to that is to do a full-on like washed cloth or wash rag shower i heat up some water on the stove in my tea kettle um put a couple drops of lavender essential oil on a washcloth and then just kind of like you know soak the the wash rag in the hot water and then just wipe myself down 
it's so much better than a baby wipe because you have like this thick wash rag that can absorb more water. And you still, with the baby wipes, even the unscented ones, you just like, it just reminds me of like a baby's like poopy butt. That smell, there's like that smell, that residue. Um, and then the wash rag, you can like squeeze out and then like put fresh water on it again and wipe yourself down. And it is, I mean, I just put the window shades up and get naked and shower like that. And the only thing you can't do is wash your hair like that. But um, it really gets you like feeling refreshed, like especially before you get into bed at night and you don't want like that dirt or smell in your bed if you've been like hiking. So that's my best bet for staying non-smelly. Um, <laughs> the solar shower too, if you need to get your scalp clean, like that's great because you can just fill that up anywhere. You can fill it up in a, you know, a rest stop sink without having to get, have a hose connection. So there's always a way. And how much water? <laughs> do you, how much water can you carry in the van? I have a 21 gallon tank on my floor. Um, but because of where like the nozzles are, I can't fill it up all the way to that like 21 gallon mark. So it's probably like, I don't know, 19 or something. And then I have a six gallon container. Um, and then I have my five gallon solar shower, which I only fill with clean water. So if I got desperate, I could, um, use that as drinking water. Although I'm sure like it's not BPA free. So, so maybe I wouldn't want to do yeah, that. Yeah. It's like but a plastic bag. I was like dying. <laughs> Right, yeah, if you had yeah. to. Bring a chemical-filled plastic bag. Um, although the water coming out doesn't like smell like plastic or anything. I just wouldn't drink it if unless there was an emergency. So, My final question. Fill... Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I fill my um, – I have, like, four Nalgene bottles, and I fill them up when I go into gyms with the LK water filters or, like, um, a lot of times national parks will have the filtered water stations. Um, so – I have like those as like right, like right on hand drinking water as well. What is the hardest part of living in a van? Mm. Um, there's so many different aspects of it. Um, you'll have to be patient with me while I think about how to phrase that. Um, cause there's like mental aspects to living in a van. I'll just start I'll just talk so um you're kind of you know on the outskirts of society i guess if that makes sense like you're kind of on the fringe you know like if i pull up to a park and have like you know a, a wet towel hanging up on a hook and i like open my door like you know parents with their children are gonna <laughs> you know kind of escort them the other direction if you will um so it, it feels kind of weird. You feel like you're always like intruding on someone's uh, community, I guess, you know, and, you know, part of that's me. Like I need to, you know, kind of get over that a little bit more. And I have, I used to feel way more like, Oh, am I, you know, being a nuisance right now? Like, and I'm totally have every right to be at like a, you know, a state park overlook or whatever. But um, sometimes you just feel weird you know, especially when you're in someone's community. Like, I'm visiting a friend and parked outside their house. I'm like, oh, like, I hope the neighbors don't care, you know. So you're always like, kind of feeling like you're not welcome. Um, but then there's the opposite of that. When you meet other people who are camping and you're, like, put your vans in a circle, you feel, like, so welcome and so normal for living the life you do. So I think uh, mentally it can take a toll on you. Um, 
especially when traveling alone. I have a, a partner who lives in an Airstream. His name's Ryan. And uh, we caravan around a lot together. Um, but uh, when I'm traveling alone, it can kind of be more, it's like more raw, I guess, that feeling of, of being unwelcome because um, you're alone. But that's not to say that's like every day, all day. Like, I don't, that's just here and there, you know, you have that, like, that feeling. But um, for the most part, I, I, it feels great to be in here. And then there's the physical aspect of it. You know, you're like in a small space. And when the weather's not great, you have to be in that small space. You know, there's ways around it, like coffee shops and stuff. But um, it can just, what exactly what people think. Like, it can be hard to live in a small space. Um, sometimes, you know, you're it's hot as hell you hit your head and then like spill your coffee in the crevices of your you know whatever windowsill and all sorts of stuff like that like i think van living or living in any sort of rig on the road is like everything's just more raw you know if you're feeling sad or feeling uh lonely or you know that goes the other way too if you're feeling like happy or joyous like it's just like magnified you know um and you have to deal with problems like immediately um, if you have a mess, you have to deal with it. You almost always have to deal with it immediately because you have such a small space. And if you drive away, the mess is going to just fly everywhere, you know? Um, and yeah, it just makes, it just magnifies everything living in the space. So I, I think, I think you answered question. it. Yeah. I think okay. you answered I mean, there's it. no like one thing, like, God, I mean, I guess there's been t like some of the hardest times I've had have been where it's like super hot and the showers were closed and it was smoky and it was during COVID. And that was a weird, that was probably one of the hardest times is when you really felt unwelcome when you weren't supposed to be traveling. And I was like trying not to move around, but like I was already on the road in Joshua Tree. So like in order to go home, I, home in quotes, I would the closest thing would be my parents' house and they're in a super vulnerable retirement community. So I'm not going to do that, you know? Um, so I kind of just like try to stay put in Joshua tree. And like, if I had to go into town, I'm just like, sorry, like I was here when COVID started. Like I'm not visiting you and trying to spread it, you know? Um, so that, that was a really challenging time and just not knowing what was going to happen. Are there going to be more closures? Um, like when can I get a shower again? I mean, that's, a trivial thing to have to worry about when people are dealing with you know COVID illnesses um but actually speaking of that I, I have gotten uh COVID I got it in the van I was in Las Vegas and it was a really lucky time to get it I had just filled my water tank I had just gone to the grocery store like two days ago and I was out in the middle of nowhere um in a place that had it was like a 21 day camping limit there so I could stay there um so it's easy to quarantine I had all my I was all stocked up I was really lucky um in that situation and I got it pretty bad for like three days um my, I had like super intense muscle soreness um and fatigue like I could barely get out of the van to walk the dog um but nothing serious try to keep my immune system pretty healthy and just you know keep my body healthy so very grateful to, to be in that um position where i didn't have trouble breathing or had to go to the emergency room so i just quarantined for a long time <laughs> and uh, lost my sense of taste and smell for like a month um but that came back so uh nothing nothing like permanent came of 
getting COVID. But um, yeah, all those things are super trivial when thinking about people who are you know dealing with a really intense case, you know, or have to go to the hospital. So I've been very uh, fortunate. And I'm grateful for that. Where can people follow you? I think it's mostly Instagram, right? You don't have a blog or anything. No, I, a lot of people are like, oh, you should do a YouTube channel. I just don't have the time or energy for that. If I didn't have my web design and development job, I would probably consider that. Um, but there's already so many people out there doing what I do that have YouTube channels that like feel like I wouldn't be making that much of a contribution <laughs> to the community. So um, anyway, yeah, Instagram is uh, where I am. Um, so yeah, the doc caravan, I don't get on Facebook anymore. So it's essentially just that. Can people reach out to you for web design? Do you do that freelance on the side as well or no? Um, I don't, I, um, work exclusively. I can definitely provide guidance. Like if someone had a, if they want to build their site themselves and they're wondering about like WordPress themes or something like that, or, um, designs, like I can do consults, but, um, I have a non-compete. So um, I work exclusively for an agency in, in Baltimore. Um, so right now I'm not doing freelance. No. Perfect. Uh, anything else you want to say? Anything, anybody you want to thank? This is your moment. This is your shining moment. Yeah, I just moment. wanted to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to go back to, um, one thing when we we're talking, I think I, we got interrupted cause I was saying bye to the, my friends who got stuck in the mud, um, about the cost of van life. So there's so much misconception that it's like free out here, <laughs> which you can definitely save a lot of money um, living in a van, but there are still costs associated with just living that don't go away in the van. Um, like you still have your cell phone bills, the same amount of money. Um, I have to have a, a special like mobile internet, um, which, oh yeah, Adam, I told you about that company. Um, so I have to pay for that as well because my my phone isn't robust enough to handle like, you know, downloading so many photos and, and videos or my, my plan isn't robust enough for that. So I have a, a separate like router with big antennas to get good service for my job. Um, so that there's costs associated with that. Like you're, you're driving this um, relatively big rig that doesn't get great gas mileage unless you're in like a fancy sprinter where you get like almost 30 miles to the gallon. <laughs> Um, mine gets nothing close to that. The promesters with my roof rack and wait in here. So gas money, especially now, like even in the cheap States, which aren't, they're not cheap right now. Like gas is close to $4 almost everywhere I go. Um, so that adds up, you know, you still have to, you buy, you buy the same amount of food you would if you lived in a, in a house. Although I feel like I waste less cause I have a smaller refrigerator. So maybe there's, there's some cost savings there. But, uh, yeah, and then you got the van payment. I didn't have a, a car for a while when I lived in a house, so I didn't didn't have that payment. Um, but I guess it depends on where you were originally. If you're, like, you know, renting some mansion for, like, four grand a month, like, of course you're going to have, like, a, a much cheaper lifestyle in the van. But, um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've been able to work part-time and support myself and save a little bit. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely... Um, reduced cost, but just not as much as people think, I think. Do you see an so, end to this or anyway. do you think you're going to keep going? To living in a van? Yep. Um, I, for now, I'm uh, going to keep going. Um, I love it. I haven't explored 
haven't been to Montana yet. So I'm super excited. I only passed through Wyoming um, once a couple years ago. So I'm going to go to the Tetons, cross your fingers for this rain to pass soon and the smoke to clear up, which I think it is. Um, so very excited and going to hit Yellowstone if the weather cooperates as well. Um, and then my brother moved outside of Tucson, Arizona. So I'm going to get to see my brother and my parents for Thanksgiving. And if all goes well, um, I'm going to head to Baja for a um, summer or summer winter solstice gathering um, that my friend Matt, who runs the Good Vibe Collective, check them out um, if you're in a van and want a really cool community of people. Um, they do meetups all over the place and really down to earth meetups, not ones with like corporate sponsors and you have to pay to get into like free, really cool. So I might go to Baja really excited see how it goes with like bringing a dog there and paperwork <laughs> and obviously the covid situation with the border so um we shall see but yeah it's gonna be a fun rest of the summer and and fall and winter coming up but um i think eventually i would like to have a, a part-time home base and do um you know so, well i won't want to say weekend trips because i tend to try to avoid the weekends and go to places when they're less crowded but do like you know small trips on the side by well, I have like a main home base to store some stuff and take a load off and take a shower. So we'll see. Yeah, no one knows. Well, congratulations on three years. Thank you for taking the time Thanks. to chat. And this was yeah, great. Yeah, I hope so. uh, everyone enjoyed it and enjoyed these some little anecdotes. Um, and if you're thinking about van life, feel free to, to shoot me a message if you have any questions that Google can answer, you know, about my specific experience with something or what I chose for my build. So happy to answer those. And uh, an opportunity to thank people. I just wanted to thank all these people who put out build videos. It is a lot of work. Many people think you just, oh, put a camera up and, and film it. But it, a lot of work goes into producing these videos and editing them. And people do such a good job and put them on YouTube. Like, that's how I learned to, you know, and install my fan and what kind of saw should I use to cut a hole in the, the van for a window? Um, I wouldn't have been able to, to build it without those resources. So I, I thank the community for all that. And my friends and family for supporting this drastic, probably surprising <laughs> to my parents change in my life and my dad's uh, consultations on um, the woodworking aspects of my van were, were very helpful. So thank you to all those people who have been there for me. Amazing. And thank you to you. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. This is great. This is like one of the most relaxed um, conversations I've had about the van. So good job hosting, Adam. <laughs> They're supposed to be. Thank you. Thank you. So that was episode 28 of the Pursuit Podcast on the Out of Bounds Collective. Please like, share, subscribe, leave a review. Five stars are great. One stars are not that cool, but it's a review. So we thank you. Send us feedback, slide into our DMs, you know, all that good stuff. Follow at the.caravan, that's Kara with a K. Ask her questions, ask me questions. Uh, we're both in our vans doing the thing. Ask John Kroom questions, he's in a van. Listen to John Kroom's podcast, listen to Big Stick Energy. A lot of rules, I'm telling you a lot of things to do. Uh, go have fun, enjoy, summer's not over. I know a lot of people are back to school, back to work. Enjoy it. Enjoy the time you have. 
Go outside, have fun, have the best day of your life today, tomorrow, and the next day. I was going to say peace, but someone said I can't say that anymore because four of their podcasts have it. So now I'm on the search for something to say when I leave. So I'm just going to say my name is Mr. Adam X, and I'll see you tomorrow.